So, I've never made a podcast before, and I probably sound horrible because all I have is a pair of Apple headphones, an obsession with linguistics, and some motivation. So, welcome to whatever this is. I think a very good starting point for this podcast is how I became, I don't know, how I started liking linguistics. And the way that that happened was, well, I think when I was little, I did watch a lot of videos, not videos, I didn't have YouTube back then or anything, but... I watched on PBS Kids, I believe, a segment every day of a lady teaching American Sign Language, and I, I loved it so much. And then later in my life, I just kept trying to learn languages a little bit. And one day in the summer, in the summer of 2020, a year-ish ago, I was like, hey, I'm gonna make a language. So I looked up how to make a language and I watched the entirety of Bibleridian's Conlang creating series in one day and made an awful Conlang. It was called, uh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I, I literally named it that because I wanted to have the coolest sounding consonants in the language to be in the name of the language. <laughs> and from there, I got more and more into the conlanging community, and not just conlanging, but also linguistics in general, and how all that works. And I barely know anything, I would say, but I do know a lot. You know? So, I think that is how it started. And so I've just been learning more and more and more over the past year about linguistics. And what to me is, and also making more conlangs, but what to me is extremely interesting in linguistics is sociolinguistics, which is how our languages affect, how, how our society is, how our society affects our language, and how we interact with each other based upon language and all of that and so being being uh sorry being trans and being non-binary and seeing how our language affects affects uh gender and seeing how our genders affect our language And seeing how all of these things interact is extremely interesting to me and also extremely important. And seeing how the very construct of gender is changed by how a group speaks and vice versa. Well, mostly not vice versa, but still. It's really important to me and it's really just... Alluring, I think is the word. And so, like, let's say a language like Mandarin. 
or Tagalog, which only has one gender pronoun, like Tagalog's is Xia, I think, and Mandarin's is Ta, but there's a difference. Mandarin has, it has its pronoun written differently for different genders. Uh, I don't think Tagalog does, but Mandarin does. Or then if you also take Spanish, which is, it has grammatical gender and is a very traditionally gendered language, uh, you have uh, ella and el, but also there is ella uh, if you're non-binary, but yeah. Um, and you can take English, which has she and her and it and they, and those are all used in different circumstances and for different genders and for different multiples and for all of that but doesn't have grammatical gender and you take all of those different languages and you see how the construct of gender and how the languages interact it's very interesting uh i did one time see well not one time it was a few times see how uh filipino trans people specifically filipino non-binary people said their their uh, languages interacted with their gender and how they viewed gender and saw it even when they were young. And I think that's really interesting to me, especially because one of these individuals had most had mostly lost their ability to speak Tagalog. Uh, I believe they could still understand it, but they could no longer speak it for the most part. Uh, but the effects, obviously, still had a huge impact on them in their lives and just everything about them. Well, not everything. It's only a small part of your identity, but language does, in general, affect all parts of your being. Mostly. <laughs> but I think that is, to me, a very important part of my interest in the field. And also, there is endangered languages and linguistic preservation because language which uh yeah this is another <laughs> subject of sociolinguistics but language and culture are so so intricately com like combined with each other that you can't separate there's no way to separate language and culture they are just part of each other and it's really cool to see that but the thing is there's so many languages that are dying or have died or are on the very verge of dying for example chickasaw um i really want to help revital uh with revitalization efforts for chickasaw because someone close to me is chickasaw and the language is beautiful it's polysynthetic it has a really it's like a cool vowel inventory um like with nasalization and vowel length and stuff but it's also a sort of accessorized version of a three vowel system which i think is very cool and it could really really go well with an with an abjad as the writing system, but that would only be if the language were more widely spoken because it needs to be easy to learn for English speakers who are the most, like who most of the people who would want to learn Chickasaw are. 
Um, but, like, so many languages are endangered or, all, like, on the verge of death. And that means that the culture is, too. Because there's so much that you can learn from a, from a culture just by analyzing its language thoroughly. Um, and there are so many languages. Not just Native American and Aboriginal languages. There's also, uh native european languages and there's and there's um caucasian languages like like kazakh i i know i didn't pronounce that right but kazakh or this is a more widely known one but basque but or sami which i'm pretty sure is in the scandinavian area i think but there's so much that we could learn that we're missing out on and there's so much that has been lost that we've forgotten because we haven't taken the time to appreciate and save and just kindle these languages and we just let let them die or let them almost die which without putting in significant effort in saving them and obviously it's possible to save or even maybe save but almost save at least language which we can see with um irish gaelic but there's really not a lot we can do well there is a lot we can do but we're just not doing it for the majority of languages like yeah tina is like it has a duolingo course navajo tina uh it has uh, schools and it has classes specifically to learn it on reservations, but that's not enough. There's no, there's no, well, they are significant efforts, but there's more, there's no efforts to save the language that are more significant than that. There's not that much. There's no, I don't know how to explain it. There's languages, like, again, Chickasaw, that have no monolingual speakers. There's languages that have no speakers where it's their first languages language. There's languages where the speakers are not allowed to speak their language. There's languages where the speakers are no longer teaching their children their language. And it's sad and it's disheartening. And I think that's the worst possible fate for both a language and a culture to receive. Um, there's an airplane. But on top of sociolinguistics, there's also neurolinguistics. Like, how does the lang- how does our mind process language? How does our language shape our minds? How do our minds comprehend language? How do our minds just learn in general? Which is extremely interesting all as well. Uh, how do different 
mental illnesses affect language and how do different languages um, affect a person's brain and how it's structured and how it's shaped. Are there specific things in the brain for language? Is there how we learn languages? How we learn second languages? How our sec- do our second languages affect our brain? What? Honestly, it's really interesting. And it's like, oh, um, do different parts of our brain, af- like, if one is bigger or more adept, does it change language? Does it change how we speak? How we learn language? Does it change whatever? Also, uh, I just think that's really cool. Also, how dyslexia and language are intertwined and how autism and language are intertwined and how they affect each other and stuff. I think that's also really cool. Um, but I think that's a pretty good summary of how I've gotten into languages, how things have been going, and how or what parts of it are my favorite. Yeah, bye bye.